morning, church. Come on and put your hands together and let's get ready to worship. praise in the house this morning. Father, we love you. We worship you. 
I just want to let you know something real quick, that happiness is based on what's happening, but joy is something we can find in the Lord, and he is our strength, amen? So look at your neighbor, just say you feel with joy this morning. Just ask him, are you feel with joy this morning? You can grab a seat, you can grab a seat. I love that song because the word talks about that we get joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I hope that you're joyous today as we're in the presence of God. And one of the things I want to do really quickly is welcome all of our guests, whether you're in person or watching online. Can we honor all of our guests this morning? We're so glad that you're here. A few things that we ask that you do every single week, but uh, we want to give you an opportunity in this service is to pull out your smartphone. You can text D1 text to 84576. Uh, you can also scan the QR code on the screen or grab the physical connect card in the seat back in front of you. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having and hold on to it until the end of service. You can place it in our giving boxes. But the next step that we ask that you do, that we dare you to do, is to meet us in our guest reception. We want to exchange that Connect card for a gift, even if it's digital, and just say welcome. Can we honor all of our guests one more time this morning? We got a lot of great things going on this Christmas season, and we, don't wanna, we wanna encourage you to also pick up one of our Christmas schedules. You should have got these in the last couple weeks, and we wanna encourage you about a few things that's going on that we want you to be a part of. Number one, we wanna push and encourage all of you to invite all your family, all your friends, your coworkers to come to this Christmas Eve service and uh, our New Year's Eve service. I know when you hear that word, you probably think evening. It's not gonna be in the evening. It's gonna be at our regular 10 a.m. time. But we ask that you be a part of these because they're gonna be great. They're gonna be a, a time for us to uh, not only worship and then point people to Jesus, but give others the opportunity to accept him as the reason for this season, amen? So we encourage you guys to do that. Also want to remind you that next Sunday, somebody say next Sunday, our kids choir will be a part of the service. It's going to be amazing. All the grandparents are excited. All the parents are nervous. I'm just kidding. It's going to be great. We're going to give you chances to take pictures. Uh, we're going to have opportunities to take picture, pictures with Santa as well. So we encourage you to be a part of that. It's a family service, so please, please, please come. But one of the other things I really want to encourage you with and push is that in January, uh, January 7th through the 28th, I believe those are the correct dates, uh, we're doing our 21 days of prayer. And the reason we're really, really pushing this is because one of the things that Pastor Mark and Pastor Michelle told me when I first got here is that their prayer was, God, whatever you're doing, do it in Dothan first. Well, that starts with us praying first. So we get an opportunity to do just that by giving our, the beginning of our year to the Lord. And we're asking you to partner with us. So I know we're getting into the holiday season and you're going to be eating and all those things. But be praying now, but asking the Lord what he's asking you to give up in January so we can believe for God to do miracles in 2024. Amen. It's going to be a great year. Can y'all give it up for our pastors, though, as they come to the platform to honor some, some families today? Thank you so much, Pastor Will. Yes. Man, what a great day of celebration. We're so proud, thankful, and excited that we get to do life together uh, with each and every one of you. And uh, we want to make sure that you have a wonderful Christmas this year. As a matter of fact, that's what Pastor Will was talking about a moment ago, that this special Christmas uh, Eve service is designed for you and for your families to be able to connect. And we're going to have uh, a hot cocoa bar, uh, which I'm pretty excited about, just being honest. 
there's going to be characters, uh, different themed characters, where your kids will be excited and take pictures. But most importantly, we know that Jesus is the reason for the season. And we want to make sure that even if we have a, a character or two that draws people in, that the real draw of, is the power of the living God, that they'll hear the story of Jesus and his love for them. And so this may be a time in the whole year, it really is, two times in a given year are really the most strategic times where people are more open than ever before to uh, receiving an invitation and coming to a local church is on Christmas, and then in, at, uh, at the beginning of the year, it, when Easter rolls around, those two times are so important. So please, just I would encourage you, invite friends. Maybe you say, well, I've invited this friend for a long time. Well, invite him again for this special holiday season and this celebration of Christmas. We are so excited this morning to be able to do a child dedication for a wonderful, awesome family here in the church. And I just want to have them come on up for Mr. Liam Alexander Pippen. Yeah. You see him right there <laughs> come on, on the screen. Down. And his family. Yeah, come on, Brad family. and Anika, the parents, and the three sisters, Lauren, Layla, and London. If I'll have them just come on up and... Come on up, buddy, Ooh, with your little shoes on this morning. So Let's put him sweet. right here. His bib says, I'm, I'm cute. The end, period. <laughs> Come right here. So sweet. Look how sweet he I, is. I got to say, I got to give a huge shout out to the parents and the sisters or whoever bought those up. shoes on, girls. because those are so what I would have bought him if I would. <laughs> Hi, guys. So good to see you. So you look so I, beautiful. And praying about what to speak over him today, I could not help but kind of giggle a little bit that um, with these three girls right here, I don't think he's going to have to lift a finger at all. Uh, he won't ever like, see the inside of a bathroom because, you know. inside of a bathroom, yes. But how special is it that these girls and this family, the grandparents are up here dedicating Mr. Liam Alexander. I feel like it's like Sir Liam Alexander, some royalty here um, this morning. And Liam, the spiritual meaning to Liam is resolute protector. And as he grows in the things of the Lord and as you family surround him, and he grows into the man of God that God has called him, and that he protects the the ones that he loves. But most importantly, our prayer over him today is that he would protect his heart and his mind in Christ Jesus, that he would be vigilant about what he allows in his heart. And the scripture over Lim this morning is found out of Proverbs 4, 20 and 23. And it says this, my son, Pay attention to my words. Incline your word, your ear to my sayings. They are not to escape from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, limb, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. In Jesus' name. 
You know, when I was thinking about this, the scriptural meaning of his name and being a protector, and you got these beautiful girls right here that a brother is going to be protective over, all I could think of was, I have a certain set of skills, of skills. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Anyway, that was the worst impression of Liam Neeson ever, but, but it, it speaks the point that, he, that God is making him a protector of the, the things that are good in life. And uh, today we dedicate really a family to the Lord as well as parents to the Lord in the raising of this son. And so I'm going to read this charge over you. And uh, as I repeat these words, my encouragement would be that you take it to heart and that you receive it as a family today because you got a huge support system, not just a church family, but you got your family as a support system here today. So here it is, I want you to simply understand and receive this today. Do you now present Liam before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring him up in the nurture and the discipline and the love of the Lord by teaching him to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and regularly fellowshipping with other believers in a Christ-centered church family? If so, family, would you say, we do? With God's help, do you promise to bless Liam by modeling the teachings of Jesus training him in the practice of prayer and guiding him toward the development of Christ-like character? If so, say, we do. And Dean, yeah, that's right, sweetheart. I heard that we do right there, girl. You know it. Do you now commit to pray daily for this miracle of life that's been entrusted to you and to guide Liam so in the following of the example of your life, he would come to know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior? If so, say, we do. Well, because of that solemn dedication, that promise before the Lord, and the commitment to do all you can to serve the Lord faithfully in your home, this body of believers, this, this local fellowship is behind you 100% in that walk, that journey. And if you would, as I pray over Liam, would you stretch out your hands toward this family as though you're kind of putting your hand on their shoulder today? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for little Liam. We speak life and health and strength and peace and hope and joy over him in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the protector that he is becoming, the strong man of God that he'll become. And Lord, we speak faith and favor over him that as he does the work of the ministry, as he does what you're calling him to do, that you would give these fingers, these hands, gifts of life and strength. We pray that, Lord, over him in the mighty and powerful and awesome name of Jesus. We pray it all. Amen. 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 I want to give, we want to get a picture and we want to make sure everybody's in it. So let's have you stand over here so you can be seen and I'll just kind of get up like this. All right, here we go. All right, all right. Can you give it up for this amazing family? God bless y'all. So proud of you. So thankful for all of you. Love you, sweetheart. God bless you. You can be seated, and we want to give you a gift as you're being seated. Give you a gift and uh, make sure that you know how much we love and appreciate you guys. We're behind y'all 100%. Oh, what a great day today. And we're going to take time now to uh, praise and worship God in a different way through our giving. You know, giving is the picture of God's love for us. You know the scripture, God so loved the world that he gave. 
And so it was him that gave first, and now we give as a response to him. And as we prepare to give, I know some of you, like Michelle and I, have been preparing a special gift uh, for Jesus at the end of the year. I know we have year-end giving, and many of you that want and need giving credit for tax purposes, uh, thank God our, our government still gives us that opportunity. But we don't give to get that. But uh, if you do want giving credit, you can use the giving envelopes or uh, the, the, uh, the five ways to give are there on the screen. And you can worship on the way out with your gift today. But, but we're, we're praying for you and your families this holiday season. And that we're praying that God would bless you abundantly and financially bless you with bonuses. We pray it all the time. Bonuses, raises, promotion. Listen, I, I was blessed after having prayed that and preparing to uh, Michelle and I to sow a special seed offering for the end of the year, a special birthday gift for Jesus. And as we were praying about it, I'm opening up the mail and all of a sudden our, uh, you know, uh, our, our special uh, friend there in the, the government of Alabama wrote me a check. Can you believe that? Wrote me a check. And maybe you did too, but as I was open it, literally, I was like, Miss Kay, <laughs> thank you for this check. And Lord, thank you for giving me already in preparation a seed offering that I'm preparing. Um, it's just, it's, it's like God, I know he, I, I know the government does make decisions and it comes at a certain season, but there are also times where we pray and ask the Lord, Lord, show us how we can make a difference. And then all of a sudden, a bonus or a raise or a promotion or whatever in your life happens. And he meets our faith with our finances. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to give. And now I pray that, Lord, as we prepare to bless you, Lord, with this offering, I pray that, Lord, you would give back pressed down, shaken together, running over, would you give abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And Lord, even beyond our finances, Lord, we do thank you uh, for uh, checks that come in the mail that are unexpected. We do thank you for uh, raises or bonuses or promotions that we get. But Lord, more than finances, you said you rebuke the devourer on our behalf. That means you you take care of things that, that we couldn't buy with money. And I thank you for giving us things like peace in the middle of stressed out times. That you give us joy unspeakable in the middle of difficult circumstances. Lord, you give us things that money just cannot buy. And we speak a blessing over these, your people, as we worship you with our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. and. Um, I'm going to invite our elders, your elders, to go to the stations of prayer today. We've got our prayer wall back here and our prayer wall back there. Many needs that have been written down. And you can see where there's been a heart that's been placed over a lot of those as answered prayers. Listen, if you wrote a, a prayer request on that prayer wall and you had that prayer request answered, my encouragement is go back there during our time of worship and put a big old heart by that. Or maybe you'd say, I got a prayer request, a real need. You could either write it and put it on the prayer wall or you can go to your elders to receive prayer, to believe God for miracle results today. So they're stationed there up in the balcony as well, ready to receive you in prayer. Let's stand up. Let's worship the King together. 
and you can slip out from where you're at and receive prayer today.
part of the song that says, um, now that I've tasted of your goodness, nothing else will satisfy. I just um, feel that there are some in the room today that might not have, well, we're, we're, it's easy for us to find and search for our identity in other things other than Jesus. We feel like if we get all the boxes checked, if we have um, the perfect family, if we have the right things, if we have this certain friend group, that everything is going to be perfect and I'll feel how I'm supposed to feel. But all that lacks in comparison to Jesus. Maybe it's a job you're trying to chase after. But even, even those of us in the room who, when we get the thing we thought we wanted and we needed, there's still something missing, and that's always Jesus. So, Lord, now that we've tasted of your goodness, nothing else will satisfy. Lord, let that be true of us, God. We don't want any, anyone else, and we don't need anything else but you, Lord. So today, Lord, right now in this moment, we cast aside everything that's been distracting us from you. We set our eyes and our focus on you, Lord. And we ask you, God, to look at our hearts and bring to our eyes and convict us, Lord, of the things that we've been placing before you in this moment right now. Just take a moment and ask the Lord to reveal the things that you've placed before him and ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us for the ways that we've pushed you aside, Lord. our prayer today, Jesus, that you would be the center of it all. We worship you today, Lord. We honor your name. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord, of coming and living amongst us, God. We praise your holy, holy name today, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Picture this. It's a cold, Winter's night. Snow is gently falling. Darkness surrounds you. And you struggle to see. Everything is obscure. Every direction. Meaningless. But suddenly, 
light. The night Jesus was born, they tell us that a light appeared in the sky. A light that not even the greatest of astronomers could identify. A light so bright that even darkness had to flee. A light so powerful that even the worst of what we had done was not only exposed, it was cleansed, forgiven, and forgotten. You see, this is why Jesus came to earth, to give us that light so that we would have the same joy and the same love and the same light everywhere we go. And the best news is, this is a light meant for all. It is freely offered. You see, Christmas is more than the warmth of friends and family, more than nostalgia, the gifts and memories. It is about the greatest gift ever given because a world in darkness has not only seen a great light, no, we have seen the greatest light and his name is Jesus. Come on, can put your hands together and celebrate Jesus in the house today. Hey, and give it up for all those that are joining with us online right now. Hey, welcome. We are so glad that you're worshiping with us at our online campus. And if you're joining with us for the first time online and you've never been here at the church, I would love to have you be a part. Come out and be a part right here at Dothan First. And uh, I want to also give it up for all those that are in the building for the very first time. Our first time guests, can you give it up for them today? God bless you. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. And right after this service, my wife Michelle and I, some of our leadership team, we would love to meet you and greet you and connect with you. We'll meet you in a guest reception prepared just for you out the doors. And to your left, you'll see a sign that says guest reception. We just want to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. Well, as you can see, someone prettier than me is on this stage, my daughter Cameron. Can you give it up for her today? Yeah, yeah. I get to share this message with her. She is in the middle of her junior year at Southeastern University, and uh, so I'm pretty proud of her, very grateful to God for family, and especially having my kids home. I'm so proud of you. And um, why don't we do this? Grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. All right, now turn to your neighbor and just give them a compliment about something. Make sure they feel good, you know, whether it's an outfit, you like their hair, you like the lack of their hair, whatever it is. And uh, turn to Luke chapter 1, if you would, please. And I would love it if you just, uh, those of you that are online and those in the building, follow us on social media. And uh, we, throughout the holidays and especially into this new year, uh, we're going to be posting all the time in these prayer points during our fasting and prayer times. And also as a reminder to you parents of kids that are normally in our children's ministries, you don't want to miss them uh, singing right here next week. They are going to do an amazing job. They've been practicing for about a month now. You, you may not have even known they've been practicing, but they're practicing for you. 
So invite grandparents and your aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews, everybody to celebrate this special Christmas service, the Christmas Eve service with us. Well, as you're turning to Luke chapter 1, I want to bring you back to the very first Christmas. And Cameron and I uh, were, as Michelle and I were setting up the Christmas decorations, uh, I was looking at the nativity scene Uh, And Michelle and myself and Cameron were all kind of downstairs. I'm looking at this nativity scene. And I don't know, how how many of you have a nativity scene at home in somewhere, either picture form or physical, you know? But uh, we have the one that's, you know, the the one you get out of the box and each one. And you got the little baby Jesus and the wise men and the shepherds and all that. And I started looking at it and I couldn't help but think, this is not an accurate picture. Well, for a couple of reasons, which I'm going to share with you today, but the most significant of all was I think we kind of romanticize the Christmas, the very first Christmas as being laid back, relaxed, no stress, not a sound did Jesus make according to the song. I mean, think about all the things that we hear about. We three kings of Orient are, they weren't even kings. They weren't even kings. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I mean, the things that we create in our mind about this sweet, gentle, stress-free Christmas. And then we look at our own lives and we're so stressed out over the holidays and we're like, well, they could never relate to me. Let me tell you something. I'll, I promise you, when we look at these four different groups of people that celebrated on that first Christmas, you're going to find out they're a whole, mo- a whole lot more like you than you ever thought. It wasn't a very merry Christmas, that first Christmas. But if, if you realize that they struggled, you'll see yourself in their struggle. And I believe God's going to show you that if you'll do what they did on the first Christmas, you'll find yourself finding the peace of Christ during the holidays. And you'll truly believe in Christ, which means putting your faith and confidence and trust in him during the holidays. So let's look back at the first Christmas and just see what they were actually feeling on the first Christmas. So first we have our girl, Mary. We know her, we love her. How about Mary? How did she initially react to the news that she was gonna be the mother of the Son of God? So the Bible says that when the angel first appeared to Mary and explained what was about to happen, she had so many questions and honestly, I don't blame her. Mary's initial reaction was quite normal. She was asking questions like, okay, how could this have possibly happened? Who's gonna believe me? What am I gonna tell my fiance, my parents, my friends? Why me? And if we're all being honest here, if I was Mary, I would be talking to God like, so you're telling me there's nobody else that can take my place and do this instead of me, like, (laughs) right? Right. Mary was confused and disturbed. Yeah. If an angel showed up to me and told me that, I'd probably be confused and disturbed too. Right. So Luke one twenty nine says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. By the way, the Greek word confused, it's diaterazo, and it's only used one time in the Bible, and it means thoroughly shaken, completely perplexed, greatly troubled, totally confused and deeply disturbed. So Mary was deeply troubled at this news. So I, I, I like the analogy with Mary, but let me just tell you from a guy's point of view. Let's talk about Joseph for a minute. I, I hear what Mary was going through, but think about Joseph. 
Joseph gets this news. His fiance, whom he loves, all of a sudden shows up and says, I'm pregnant. You ain't the dad, but God's the dad. Come on. Think about this. Think about what his initial reaction was, right? He's presuming that his fiance has been unfaithful to him. He feels betrayed. He feels ostracized. He feels frustrated. He feels cheated on. He feels embarrassed, right? Think about how you would feel if your fiance came to you and told you this news. So we got Joseph over here who's, who's hurting. He's, he's brokenhearted. He's disappointed. He's frustrated. He's feeling disgraced and humiliated. And yet he still wants to do the right thing before God by, by trying to take care of Mary in this, in this situation by quietly putting her away. It says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So here we got Mary, who's confused and disturbed. Now you got Joseph, who's frustrated and disappointed. Think about this. So now we have the shepherds. What about the shepherds? How did they initially react to the news? In Luke 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were so happy. <laughs> yeah, right? It says they were literally terrified. Yeah. The shepherds were scared to death, and they're not having a Merry Christmas. They're anxious and worried and fearful. And by the way, the Greek word here is phobeo, and it's where we get the word phobia from. So these guys were panicking. They were filled with fear. They were looking for a place to hide. They're sweating. Their hearts are <laughs> pounding. I'm sure they're like shaking and pacing the floor. When the shepherds first heard the news, they were completely freaked out. Okay, so you got some freaked out shepherds. You think that's bad. How about taking a trip from a foreign land, all trying to follow a star all the way across? Think about these wise men that, uh, that now show up. They finally show up later in the story, by the way. So if you, like us, have a nativity scene where they're all under this you know, stable and they're all looking at the manger together, that is not the way the Bible describes it. So let's talk about how the wise guys felt, all right, in this story. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born, and that's not the only place that it indicates that it's a long, a, a long time after this. As a matter of fact, it even talks about the Christ child in different places. So it's almost like he's grown up a, a little bit since this point. But it says some wise men traveled a long way from the east, and they finally arrive in Jerusalem. So let me talk about these guys. Okay, first of all, they weren't kings, all right? They were royal advisors, likely, but they were highly intelligent scholars. They studied all types of things, math and literature and language and all of these great things. And they, would advise, they were kind of the advisory council to the kings of that day. But the other thing that they studied was astronomy. They studied the stars, and they see this amazing star that sticks out different from every other star to the point that it literally draws them in to want to follow this star. I want you to think about these guys. How long did it take them to get to Jesus? Well, 
If you look at the geographic location that they were likely from, you'll find that they were likely from either modern-day Iraq or modern-day Iran, heading all the way to Jerusalem or eventually to Bethlehem. So this is like an 800-mile trip. If you were able to go directly from one point to another, you know, the fastest way between two points is a straight line, it would have been through the desert, but there's no way they could, they could have made it through the desert. They would have probably taken the ancient route from that area over to Jerusalem, which likely would have taken at least a couple of months. This is like 2,000 kilometers. This is like 1,200 miles. This is like you and me traveling to Arizona by foot starting today. All right, let's, like, let's go take a walk. <laughs> to Arizona. I want you to think about this. Two to three months on a camel in the desert, right? This is not an easy trip. You thought it was tough to drive to Disney with your kids. I'm just saying. <clears throat> this is a long journey that they're on. No planes, no trains, no automobiles, right? These are camels. They're riding for two months in the desert, Hot and sweaty and sticky, right? This is not a white Christmas. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst of all situations, the longest of trips. And I'm sure they're probably thinking in the process as they're tired and weary and worn out and exhausted. They're probably thinking in the middle of the journey, like, when is this going to be done? When are we going to get to this place? Are we following a star for stupidity's sake? Like, where are we in the middle of all this? And, and I'm sure that there's probably a few of you in this room that have felt the same way around Christmas. Like, what am I doing? We have maxed out the credit cards. <laughs> what are we doing? We're all, to like, I, I don't know. I've just, I promise you, I try not to look at these things. But I, I, I'm telling you, I have seen on Ross Clark and especially here on West Main, even just driving home, people are so, I mean, they are so stirred up. You can tell they're exhausted, they're frustrated, they just want to get home. And, and you can see it in their faces as people are zooming in front of them, they cut them off, and they're, you know, telling others that they're number one on Christmas. You know what I'm saying? They're using a particular finger to tell them they're number one on Christmas. So I, I want you to get this picture of these cast of characters that are now in the first Christmas that is not so merry of a Christmas. They're freaking out like the rest of us. They're exhausted. They're tired. They're worn out. They're weary. They're hurting. They're broken. They're confused. They're disappointed. They're frustrated. How many of you might have felt a little bit of that over this holiday season? Come on, put up your hand, somebody. Okay. You're in good company, friends. They felt like giving up like you feel like giving up sometimes. And, and I, I look around our world, even beyond our city and into our world, and I can see the natural disasters that's taken place this year, the wildfires and earthquakes and uh, all of the different natural disasters, the tornado that just went through Tennessee. You can see it throughout the year. People are, these are turbulent times, terrorism attacks, uh, wars that are taking place, rumors of war that are seeming to be, uh, you know, on the horizon. It seems like we've seen uh, sexual assault on the, on the rise, and we've seen uh, uh, the, the harassment of women and uh, taking advantage of children 
And then we see all of the issues that are not just surrounding our nation, but our world where there's racism and bigotry and prejudice that seems to be rising up all over the world. What's happening? And people are stressed to the max. And I want you to know, we get stressed too. That's why we need 21 days of prayer and fasting just to detox from Fox and CNN. I'm just saying. We, we're feeling it. And then not to mention all the stress that you feel individually. You may fe feel personal stuff. You may have had a loss of a loved one this year or a loss of a job this year. You got personal reason to stress out. But I want you to know this Christmas, if you're feeling all those feelings, God has something to say to you today as we head into these holidays. God's got a word for you on Christmas. I want you to know the key to feeling less confused and getting more clarity or leaving that space of stress and finding peace, finding healing for your hurts and your troubles and your, your struggle and your brokenness, trying to find in the middle of your feel, fear a sense of confidence, the key to replenishing your weary soul. You can do what these people did on the first Christmas. They looked to God at Christmas. That's right. When their focus changed, their feelings changed. And so as a lot of you guys know, I am a psychology major at Southeastern. And I want to show you guys an exercise that we do on focus. You guys ready? All right, I'm ready. Okay. So I'm going to count down from five. And I want you to look around the room and see if you can list as many green items in your head when I count down from five. Okay, ready? All right, let's look around. Five, four, three two, one. Okay. All right. Now I want everyone to close their eyes. Okay. Everybody's eyes closed. Okay. Now I want you to try to remember every red thing mm -mm. that you've seen. Uh -uh. <laughs> okay. Open your eyes. Okay. How many of you were able to think of a ton of red things? Okay. How many of you could only remember the green things that you yeah. listed before? So what you focus on begins to overtake your mind and thoughts. And it's the same thing for right. Mary. See, everything changed for Mary when she focused on God's promises. Yeah. See, at first, Mary was just focused on her unplanned pregnancy. What am I going to do? Why me? She's focused on the impossible situation that she's been put in, the gossip and the rumors and the possible rejection of her fiancé and her family. What were her friends going to say? What were her friends going to think? She's going to be ostracized by the community. Her wedding plans are absolutely ruined. Her fiance is going to leave her. She's not focused on anything but that bad news. Right. Then Mary turned her focus to God and his promises. And when she did that, she began to believe. Yeah. She began to see that this was not the end of the story, but it was only the beginning of the story. This was the beginning of a much greater story that God had chosen for her. And she began to see that God had a bigger and better plan for her life. See, Luke 1, and 38 says, The angel told Mary, Nothing you see is impossible.
impossible with God. How many of you believe that? Yes, amen. Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve, so let it be with me just as you say. Yeah. See, when Mary's focus changed, it changed her feelings from confusion to celebration, and it's the same thing for us. When you focus on the negative circumstances that you were put in, and your questions look like, well, what will they say, and how will I do this? Friends, focusing on what's broken will never set you free. Yeah. But the Bible says that we have the power to take captive our thoughts, yeah. and in that, we can turn our circumstances into God. I trust you. I don't yeah. understand, but I trust you. My circumstances aren't good and what I hope them to be, but I know that you're going to come through for me. That's right. See, in Luke 1, Mary prays the most amazing prayer after what seemed to be the worst news. See, Mary was a woman of the word, and when her focus changes to the promises of God instead of her situation, her perspective changes, and then her attitude changes. Mary praised this prayer of praise to God in Luke 1:48. God took one look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. See, Mary's attitude changed caused everyone else's attitudes to change too. In Luke 1:58, it says her neighbors and her relatives, seeing that God had overwhelmed her with mercy, celebrated with her. So she went from confusion to celebration. Yeah, and, and Joseph had a, a shifting in his mindset when he changed his focus as well. He began to focus on God's plan. For a while there, how many understand he was focused on his pain? And you know what? It's easy for us to put all of our focus on our pain and our problems and our issues. And all we can see is just that. It's like tunnel vision. All we can see is what's right there in front of us. But then we look up and we see what God has for us. We focus on his plan. Everything begins to change. And I understand he felt hurt. He felt heartbroken. He felt disturbed. He felt embarrassed all of those things and I'm sure many of you in this room have felt those very same thoughts somebody hurts you at work or you have a, a crisis with your spouse or your kids and all of a sudden it's like that problem becomes so big and it's almost like God gets smaller while the problem gets bigger but all of a sudden this shift happens in Joseph's life where he put he puts his focus back on God and he begins to find in God's plan that he reveals through an angel watch this in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 and I like this by the way because Joseph had to do something he had to quiet his spirit before God would speak do you know sometimes we can't hear God's still small voice that's constantly speaking because we just aren't listening we keep our minds closed, our ears closed, our thoughts are so looming about the bad stuff. Watch what happens. Finally, Joseph's laying on his bed, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, considering what he might do, and he falls into a dream, and now an angel is standing beside him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has really been conceived by the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden now, Joseph, he moves from hurt to healing. That's right. And what about the shepherds? See, everything changed for the shepherds when they focused on God's message. The shepherds were focusing on protecting their sheep from predators when the angel put on this bright light show and scared them half to death. <laughs> right. 
But then they calmed down when they listened to what the angel had to say. In Luke 2.10, it says the angel reassured the shepherds. How many of you guys need some reassurance this morning? Yes, come on. Don't be afraid. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. And it's for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem. How will you recognize him? You will find a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, glory to God in the highest heaven, they sang, and peace on earth for all those pleasing him. Verse 15, when this great angel of armies returned again to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They ran to the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. See, they're no longer afraid, and actually now they're courageous, and they boldly start telling everybody else that they come into contact right. with. Their fear was then turned into joy. Luke 17 and 20 says, the shepherd told everyone what had happened and what the angel said to them about this child. Then the shepherds went back again to their fields and flocks, praising God for the visit of the angels and because they had seen the child just as the angel had told them. Their focus changed their attitudes, and what started out as panic actually turned into a party. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys like that in <laughs> yeah. your life? Only Jesus can turn your fears into fun. Yeah, you know, when Jesus shows up, it's a party in the house. Come on, somebody. I want the worship team to come as we close out today, and we're going to just finish out talking about the shepherds and what, what transitioned from the shepherds now to the wise men. You know, when we talked about those shepherds and their fear, I know some of you are dealing with fears right now, fear about the future, fear about the economy, fear about what's going to happen in your job or in your life. And all of a sudden, that focus changed for the shepherds, moved, like she said, from fear to fun. The only way you can really enjoy life is to know who holds your future. And the wise men now, as we, we transition to them, began to experience this trust when they focused on Jesus, right? Here they are tirelessly following this star to Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. After they leave King Herod's courts, it says, the star led them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And they were, here it is, overwhelmed with joy. Can you imagine? They were so tired. They were exhausted. They were weary. They've been traveling for two months. They're hot and sweaty. Haven't seen a good shower in a long time. Haven't probably eaten good food in a long time. But all of a sudden, all of that just, it was like it melted away when they saw Jesus. It says they were overwhelmed with joy and overwhelmed to see the star. They entered the house where they saw the child, which by the way, the word house here, this ain't no stable, okay? So this has been a long time and it's not a baby now, it's a child. So think about this, this has been a minute, all right? And now he's the child, Jesus is with his mother Mary. And all of a sudden they see him and they can't help but do these things. They bow down, they worship him. They open their treasure chests and offer the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And by the way, each of those gifts were symbols of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And I don't have time to go into all the details, but all the tiredness, all the fatigue, 
from two months of travel, it's like it melts away. It evaporates when they see Jesus. So let me ask you, how, how do you know you're really focusing on Jesus? How do you know that you've met him in a personal way? Well, let me tell you a few things that you'll immediately recognize. You'll, matter of fact, if you've had a true personal encounter, I'm not just talking about you know about Jesus. I'm talking about you know Jesus. When you've met him in a personal way, you would do exactly what those wise men did. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to bow down. You're going to let go of your ego. You're going to let go of all of your issues. You're going to put aside your pride. You're going to stop with all your narcissistic thoughts and behaviors. You're going to stop putting your focus on yourself and everything's about me and walk around as an immature person. Immediately you see Jesus and you bow down and you lay it all out before him and you say, God, you're enough for me. I don't care. Matter of fact, whatever's in your hand, the treasure chest that you're holding so close, you're going to set it down before me and say, I don't care about anything. Give me Jesus. I don't need anything else. All I need is Jesus. And today when you focus on him, all of a sudden the emotion changes. Your heart begins to change. You begin to trust him like you never have before. You believe that he is who he said he was and he'll do great things in the midst of your problems. He'll meet you in the middle of your crisis, in the middle of your pain. He'll be there with his promises saying yes and amen. He's more than enough today. And on Christmas, you can do exactly what all of these that were in that first Christmas did. They can look to Jesus, the one who saves, the one who redeems. You know, for me and Michelle, it's not hard for us to lay our treasure chest before him as we're preparing to get this gift for Jesus because we don't feel coerced in it. We don't feel like we have to do it. We feel like we get to do it. It's, it's like nothing else matters. Like the song says, give me Jesus. There's a scripture that that tells us, and Jesus describes this. He says, those of you who are tired, in Matthew 11, 28, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens, and I just want to put an emphasis on heavy burdens. Some of you, you feel so weighted down by your circumstances, you're just like overwhelmed. I want you to know, if you're overwhelmed at Christmas, he's ready to receive your burdens so he can give you rest. It says this, come to me, Jesus says, and I'll give you rest. Friends, the Bible says that a Savior has been born. He wasn't just born, he was born for you. Today, I'm inviting you, and Jesus is inviting you to come and see the Christ child. He's no longer in a manger. He's no longer on a cross. And friends, he's no longer in a tomb. He is alive forevermore. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he's calling your name. The Bible says he's praying for you as an advocate because he knows how worn out you are. He knows how weary you are. He knows how filled with pain you are. And today, he wants to be the comfort to you. He wants to give you the comfort of his Holy Spirit if you'll just open your arms to receive him today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, thank you that you're the comfort in the middle of the storm. You're the peace that passes human understanding. You're the one who brings life in the middle of struggle. Lord, today, I pray that you would turn our pain into a promise. You'd focus us and refocus our attention back to you. 
And now, Lord, for those who are really struggling today, I pray over them right now. Matter of fact, if you're really just struggling, whatever situation you're in, you just, you feel overwhelmed and overwrought, and maybe it's financial, maybe it's emotional burdens you're carrying, or mental burdens, or relational burdens, or whatever it might be. Whatever your situation is, Christians all over this place, you're struggling today. Would you just put up your hand right now all over this place? Yeah. God, you see these hands that are lifted, and in Jesus' name, would you be the burden bearer? Would you lift it off their shoulders right now in Jesus' name? Would you show them a way out? Will you show them that you'll be the way where there seems to be no way? Would you lift them out of the, 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 the midst of their pain and struggle? And would you bring them and set them on the rock, the firm foundation? Would you let them know they can, they can trust you, Jesus? Jesus, you can be trusted at Christmas. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Lift our burdens right now. Come on, just give your cares to him in your own way, your own word. Just give your cares right now to him. Lord, I give my cares to you. I lift my burdens to you. Whether you're in this room or watching online, just give it up to him right now, whatever it is. Come on, just speak it to right now to him. Just say, Lord, I give you this situation. Lord, I give you the, the Christmas holiday all the struggles of trying to get the house ready or get the gifts or get everything put together. Lord, I give it all to you. Just give me Jesus. Lord, I pray you be the peace that passes human understanding right now for every person in this house and those watching online in Jesus' name. Now, would you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for another moment? I know we've just stabilized our spirits and settled our spirits. There may be some in this room, you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. Maybe you've got sin that's not been forgiven. Maybe you're walking in a willful disobedience uh, against God's plan, against God's word, against God's will. Listen, friend, I'm not here to embarrass you or judge you. I'm here to invite you back into the relationship with Jesus. He's waiting to forgive you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he showed up on this earth to get close to you. Now in this room, this is a moment where you can make a willful choice, a decision to either make a first-time commitment to come to Christ or to come back to God and truly make him Lord of every area of your life. If that's you in this room, I want you to do this. Would you simply, simply slip up your hand while heads are bowed and eyes are closed? Just simply raise that hand saying, yeah, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Yeah, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, in the back over here. God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. God bless you over here. Yes. I'm looking in the balcony and under the balcony, just kind of scanning. Come on, God sees you in this moment. He sees you in your crisis. You don't have to be afraid or confused any longer. He wants to give you peace right now. If that's you, anyone else? Yeah, God bless you. God bless you, yes. Man, I can just feel a sense of God's urgency in the room. I don't know what it is, but I, I, can, I can just see there's different ones. You're, you're starting to tear up, and it's just like God's trying to do something in you. This is a new day, friends. This is a fresh start. You don't have to wait till a new year to have a fresh start. It can start right now. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, God bless you in the balcony. Yeah, God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. You can put your hands down. I want to lead all of us in a prayer. I'd like us all to pray this prayer out loud, but especially you who lifted your hands. Can you say this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. 
I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up, put your hands together, and celebrate all over this house? Come on. Let's just celebrate Jesus in the house. Worship team, would you lead us? Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, Get to show up just a little bit early. Make sure to prefer one another, love one another, and encourage one another to be here during the special Christmas and New Year's services. We're believing for great and powerful things to take place. And for a lot of folks that don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior on Christmas Eve. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to release you with this blessing. Before I do, I got to say, Cameron, you did an amazing job. You did so awesome. I love you. That's just so much fun for me to share that with you. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare, you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family and your friends and your co-workers and those in this community. I bless you to be a blessing to your sphere of influence on social media. I bless you to bless all those you're in contact with. And I speak a blessing this holiday season that you could lead someone to Jesus and make Jesus the Christ of Christmas this season. God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week, and we'll see you this next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.